Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, I was just talking up a 
storm. <laughs> Welcome to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Thank you for those who alerted me that they could not hear. We uh, are going to get our recap from yesterday. And we're starting with our girlfriend Vivian and her socially conscious segment. Well, Wendy's menu will fluctuate based on demand as with tolls and ride-sharing company. And um, they're going to test the prices and surge the prices as they are going to invest $20 million into digital menus and $10 million into other enhancements. So I'll ask you, as I asked the Duke Time crew yesterday, will you still be buying men, um, Wendy's? Well, we also heard from Vivian about a scuffle that took place with some migrants and a security guard where they punched the security guard in the face and other uh, migrants got involved and ended up getting arrested. Well, Mayor Adams says that uh, he wants to take a visit to the shelter and remind them that uh, it's a privilege to be here in New York, and it's disrespectful to go against any level of uh, personnel in a uniform. And uh, mm, he also wants to install some metal detectors. Now, I don't know about you, but I am not happy with the fact that he plans on wasting our money with that. Mm, Wow. We talked about an on-site furniture company. Oh, they discovered 87 people living in the cellar of the furniture store. 40 beds, and the uh, owner is charging $300 a month. And he's also providing them with three meals a day. He has two bathrooms there, but is also paying for memberships at the uh, local Planet Fitness so that they can use the uh, shower facilities. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 you know, we're getting real inventive these days. Well, needless to say that he's under some level of scrutiny, and I'm sure he's going to have to pay some fines. And uh, that's just some of the news that we uh, talked about yesterday. And we had a conversation with the ladies. How to tell you have a hard heart. Yep. And a couple of... uh, signs. Everyone's advice seems bad to you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Nobody can tell you anything that's worthwhile. What else? Uh, You're not happy. You can't be happy for anyone else's success except your own. Yep. Those are just two signs. 
that you have a hard heart. So listen, I need you to go back and listen so that you can really survey your heart. Yep, we went through at least like five signs and then and then we actually went through how you can kind of combat that. Yeah, the opposite side of that hardened heart. Yeah. Yep. So we did a thorough job yesterday. There's no way in the world, if you go back and listen, you will be able to tell if you actually have a hard heart. Okay? All right. So go back and listen. Go back and listen. Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday, the day we talk about our health, whether it's our physical health, emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, financial health, any kind of health you're talking about. And I got some information for you this morning, okay? So make sure you get your pen and paper together or you're going to have to go back and listen. Trust me, I don't say I didn't warn you when I start talking when I come back from the break and I start giving you the information, you're going to be like, oh, man, Pastor Steph said get your pen and I'm not equipped. Because this is going to be some information that you need to know. Yes. Well, you always need to know the information that Pastor Steph gives. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that today is going to really be some information that you're going to have to write down. You know, other things, if you don't write it down, that's one thing, but... You don't want to have to commit some of this information to memory because it may not be something that you will remember and you're going to have to uh, maybe put a note, you know, on the mirror, on the refrigerator, something like that. Yeah, I got some really important information for you, okay? So I'm going to give you a chance to grab that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. About one in five people experience the perception of noise or ringing in the ears. It's called tinnitus. Dr. Gayla Poling says tinnitus can be perceived a myriad of ways. 90% of those with tinnitus have hearing loss. Hearing loss can be age-related, come from a one-time exposure, or exposure to loud sounds over a lifetime. Dr. Poling says the tiny hairs in our inner ear may play a role. Those little hair cells in our inner ear are really delicate structures. That's what is actually damaged with noise exposure. Dr. Poling says there's no scientifically proven cure for tinnitus, but there are treatment and management options. Something as simple as getting a hearing aid to really treat the hearing loss. Other options include using a sound generator or using a fan at night. There's something called tinnitus retraining therapy. There are um, more ear-level masking devices where you can hear sounds throughout the day, too, that are more distracting. If ringing in your ears bothers you, start by seeing your health care provider for a hearing test. For the Mayo Clinic News Network, I'm Ian Roth.
Good morning, good morning, good morning again. Welcome back to It's Two Time with Pastor Steph. And today is Therapeutic Thursday. Yeah, today we talk about our health. Now, can you believe we have, we're finishing February today already, man. Mm, mm, mm. This this month has flown by, oh, but we give God thanks as we're on this side of the week. Only He can do it. Only He can do it. Alrighty. So let's get this morning started. All right. You know, we always get our mornings, our Thursday mornings started off with a little health tip. And, you know, we're talking about fruits and vegetables today, at least produce. And interestingly, this comes up this morning because we've got some fruit that you should not refrigerate. Now, it's so interesting because last night, Shantice was asking, did you see some watermelon in the refrigerator? And I said, yeah, by the time I looked in the bag, it was water. And this morning, lo and behold, that's what I... uh, came across. Now, they're reminding us that some produce will last a little longer if it's chilled in the refrigerator, and certain fruits such as grapes and berries should always be stored in the refrigerator. But there are other fruits and vegetables that need to be on the counter before they're ready to eat. So they're saying apples, avocados, peaches, and pears are some of the produce that should be left out of the refrigerator until they've ripened. Well, that might be the reason why this one avocado, I've cut it in half and it is still hard as a brick. Well, I guess I'm going to have to take this out of the refrigerator because I'm tired of waiting for it to get soft. Wow. Okay, so I've learned something already this morning. So they're saying once they're ripe, they can be stored in the refrigerator to extend their life. Okay, so again, that's apples, avocados, peaches, and pears should be left out of the refrigerator until they've ripened. But once they've ripened, they can now be placed in the refrigerator. Well, certain fruit should not go into the refrigerator at all. Well, guess what one of them would be? Melons! <laughs> Oh, didn't I just say she was like, where that that melon that was in the refrigerator? Yeah. Well, 
cantaloupe is one of the uh, fruit that should be left out of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Watermelon, they say, will deteriorate faster in the refrigerator and lose its vibrant flavor and texture. I told you, by the time I bust out this uh, watermelon, this thing was just water. That's all it was. And they're saying any fruit that has already been sliced should be stored in the refrigerator. All right? So they say this is why you see the, the containers of cut watermelon chilling in the refrigerated section of the grocery store. Okay, so once it's cut, but again, it doesn't mean that it's not going to deteriorate. Okay, so make sure once you put it in the refrigerator, you eat it quickly. All right, melons, bananas, mangoes, and papayas. All right. They say these tropical fruits should definitely be kept out of the refrigerator until they ripen at room temperature. And they say which allows them to develop their flavor and texture. Okay. They say bananas can develop that black skin when stored in the refrigerator and they won't reach their full sweetness, okay? They say when you store them on the counter, they say it keeps the sensitive skin from bruising, okay? So make sure you keep bananas, mangoes, and papayas out of the refrigerator, until they ripen, and bananas you don't want to put in the refrigerator at all. Tomatoes. Mm, tomatoes. Now, I never keep tomatoes on the counter, ever. Well, they say that tomatoes should not be refrigerated. And you know what, now that I think about it, you know, it's kept in the refrigerated section of the of the uh, of the store. But they say storing the tomatoes in the refrigerator can alter their taste, diminish the color, and make them dry and mealy. Mm. Keeping your tomatoes in a cool, dry place will allow them to ripen and preserve their vibrance. Wow. Well, I guess that means you need to keep them in the refrigerator. I'm um, not the refrigerator in the on the refrigerator counter because at least in the refrigerator it probably stays a little cooler. Wow. Citrus fruits. Wow. Lemons, oranges, grapefruits, and limes don't have to be stored in the refrigerator. So they say you're safe to leave them out. If you plan to eat them within a reasonable amount of time, they say unlike many fruits, including apples, peaches, pears, and tropical fruits, most citrus fruits do not continue to ripen after they're picked. 
Wow. Wow. So they say, if you've ever wondered why people decorate kitchen islands with fruit bowls full of lemons, they say the fact that they're long-lasting and don't keep ripening might be why. Okay. Okay. Pineapples. They say pineapples should enjoy a life of freedom on the kitchen counter rather than living in the refrigerator. They say due to their tropical origins, pineapples do not thrive in the cold. At room temperature, they will ripen and give off that sweet pineapple aroma when they're ready to be devoured. So I guess... You'll know when to cut your pineapple when it smells sweet. So, again, these fruits, melons, that includes cantaloupes and watermelon, bananas, mangoes, and papayas, tomatoes, yep, I said it, tomatoes, tomatoes, and citrus fruits such as lemons, oranges, grapefruits, and limes, as well as pineapples, all need to stay out of the refrigerator. And I guess if you want to just kind of get them a little chilled, do so. Do so at the time, but don't store them that way. Okay. Okay. Well, they say you learn something new every day. Well, I told you to get your... Pens out. Well, I have a little story for you. But before we get that story, let me just give you the information. So let me see. Let me get it out. Let me get it out. Get your pens out. Get your pens out. Well, this morning, we're adding to our health tip, information about lithium batteries. Yep, lithium batteries. We've all heard of lithium batteries. And we're going to talk about lithium ion. That's I-O-N on the end. Lithium ion batteries as well. So lithium and lithium-ion batteries, they say, are commonly used to power our computers, cell phones, digital cameras, watches, and other electronic devices. Now, lithium-ion batteries, make sure you write as I say, okay, because this is really important and you'll hear why in a minute. Lithium-ion batteries are often rechargeable, like the battery in our iPhones, our laptops, they say your Nintendo Switch, while regular lithium batteries are usually single-use batteries, like, you know, our AA, AAA, yep, you know, C's, D's, toys, remote controls, and smoke detectors. 
okay? They say, unlike alkaline batteries, lithium batteries are reactive and contain hazardous materials, okay? So they say, because of this, you should never put them in your trash or recycle carts. And I've seen this a million times. Uh, You know, don't throw your batteries in the garbage. Okay. So they say, you know, we have tons of batteries in our house, and we probably don't even realize how many batteries we have in our homes. And they say lithium-ion batteries are the most popular and common type of rechargeable batteries. Okay, now, hmm, they say you'll find lithium-ion batteries also, now those are your rechargeable rechargeable batteries, they say you find these batteries in your power tools, your cordless drills, your saws, your grinders and sanders and things like that. Okay, they say also in cordless garden tools, hedge trimmers, leaf blowers, and edge trimmers. Okay, larger version of versions rather of lithium ion batteries are power plug in hybrids. And they go into, like, cars, trucks, motorcycles, buses, and things like that, okay? Now, you have your button cell, coin, and single-use lithium batteries, and those are also made of lithium metal. And those batteries are commonly used in our watches hearing aids, let's say our keyless car remotes, medical devices, calculators, and even like those greeting cards, the ones that you pop open and they begin to play, yep, those. Now, those are like the little coin ones, the little circular. And I'm going to tell you something else because we use them a, a million times in my house. We use them for the candles. The tea candles, the tea light candles, yep. You know, the ones we turn them on, like the two batteries have to touch, yep. Those are what I'm talking about, okay. Now, mm, they say that we, a lot of times, really don't know how dangerous these batteries are and how we need to discard these batteries, All right, so we're going to break this down this morning. That's why I tell you, get your pens and papers out because you need this information, and you're going to hear why later, okay? So the first one they're talking about is the button cell or the coin lithium batteries. Again, that's the button cell or coin lithium batteries, okay? Now, they say that they're pretty much lightweight, which you'll, which you'll see. You know, you can buy them in the stores. They have them in the stores. And, again, these are the batteries that go in your hearing aids, your keyless remotes, your medical devices, your watches, um, 
Yep, there it is, the electronic voters. That's what I was talking about, the tea lights and other battery-operated items. Okay. They say because of their small size, they can be potential swallowing, excuse me, swallowing hazard and should be stored out of the reach of young children. And they say handling precautions. Okay. You should place each battery in a separate plastic bag or place non-conductive tape. You know what that is? That's that black electrical tape. Yep, you can go in any discount store and buy it, what used to be the 99-cent stores, as well as Dollar Tree. You can buy those at Dollar Tree. You can buy them at Home Depot, Lowe's. Those kind of, that, that's what they're talking about. That's the non-conductive tape. Put those over the entire battery. Okay? They say if the terminal ends touch, these lithium batteries can spark and cause a fire. So never put button cell or coin lithium batteries in your garbage or your recycling carts. Not without doing what was just said. And trust me when I tell you, woo, thank you, Jesus. Because when the batteries, we have thrown, I, when I tell you, <laughs> we made a mistake one time and they did not completely unscrew those candles. When I tell you, we do the whole thing, just throwing them in the garbage, throwing them in the garbage. Girl, I'm looking at a couple of them now. So make sure for your small, round, Coin-like batteries, again, those are the ones that go into your keyless remotes, to your hearing aids, to your medical devices, your watches, those little tea lights, anything like that. They say make sure you place them in a separate plastic bag from one another and wrap them in the black electrical tape before throwing them in your garbage or recycling carts. Do not... Just dispose of them. Okay? I'll be writing this stuff down. Because this is important. All right? For free. For free. You're not even paying for this. We're getting this information for free. All right. Next, you have your single-use lithium batteries. Now, these batteries, hmm, are the batteries that go in our cameras and calculators they say that uh, these are the same batteries that go into our remote controls, our smoke detectors. In other words, those AA, AAA, Cs, and Ds, those batteries, those are what you call the single-use lithium batteries. Remember we used to put them in the freezer back in the day? Mm, 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 child, as Mariah would say. Ah, woo. Now, how to handle those? They say you should also place those in a separate plastic bag or place that black electrical or non-conductive tape over the terminals. They say if those terminals, terminal ends touch, they can spark and cause a fire. Oh, my gosh. How many times have we thrown just batteries all up in the garbage? So they say never put those in our garbage cans, our trash, or Recycling carts. Now, those those are the ones where I've seen marked 
don't throw them in the garbage. And I have to confess, y'all. I have to confess. I've thrown them in the garbage because I'm like, okay, what's the big deal? Oh, my goodness. Yep. So we're talking about the single-use batteries, those AA, AAA, um, those um, C's and D's. Yep, all those batteries you put in your remote controls. And yep, 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 yep. Do not throw them in the garbage like you normally would. Make sure you separate them in little plastic bags individually and put the black electrical tape or that uh, non-conductive tape over the terminal. All righty. Now, we're talking about those lithium rechargeable batteries. Okay also known as alkaline batteries. And let's see, those are the ones that go into our cell phones. We can't even take them out the cell phones anymore. Power tools, our tablets, laptops, e-readers, digital cameras. Yeah, those alkaline or lithium-ion batteries, they have to be handled the same way. Okay, put them in separate bags. Put tape, that elect, black electrical tape, over the top because they say if these batteries touch, the terminals touch, that they can spark and cause a fire. They say if it's a non-removable lithium battery, such as your cell phone, They say carefully store the item until you can take it in for proper disposal. They say never put lithium-ion removable or non-removable batteries in a trash can or recyclable cart. All right? Recycling cart, rather. All right? Mm, Wow. So... Storing, they say never store them where the terminals are touching or anywhere they can come in contact with metal objects such as coins or keys. Well, we better check this junk drawer. Mm, mm. You know, listen, just, just a little side note. You know, how many times have we been on this broadcast and I have said, Lord, we should have been dead a long time ago. Knowledge is like, whoa. Boy, when you think about some of the stuff we've done for you, I'm telling you right here, right now, we've got this stuff in in what we call like a junk drawer, like everything is in the drawer. Everybody got a junk drawer somewhere. And it just it's just as simple as that. It says, do not. Store these batteries, lithium, all the lithium-ion batteries, near metal objects such as coins or keys, okay? They say this can create a dangerous fire hazard. And if you have a larger quantity of lithium batteries outside of their original packaging, oh, my God, I got to go. And I'm saying, oh, my God, do you know right now I just envision I have a bag, a plastic bag <laughs> of loose batteries. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Jesus. 
They say store them in a separate container area away from your home or business to prevent (laughs) the reaction that could cause a fire. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. So they say if you have a product with a lithium battery that is not intended to be replaceable, such as a cell phone or a laptop, do not try to remove the battery. They say the battery may be glued to the product and forced removal could result in an immediate fire or explosion. They say if the battery is in a silver-colored cellophane-type bag or hard plastic casing within the product, tearing or puncturing the bag or crushing the case could result in an immediate fire or explosion. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness gracious. So there you have it. This is your information regarding your lithium and lithium ion batteries. Hmm. We need to definitely pray for them today. Definitely need to pray for them today, and that them would be us. Well, let me tell you why this comes up and I just, after reading it, I decided to do the research because I just wasn't sure of what they were referring to. So they have this New York City journalist, and he was in a fire that was caused by a lithium-ion battery. And it caused him, it cost him his life. Hmm. He's 27 years old, Mr. Khan. He was the only fatality in an apartment fire last Friday that injured 17 other individuals. And they say the blaze was caused by batteries from a micro-mobility device. Now, I don't know what that is. I guess maybe they'll tell us in this uh, article. But they say that it's the most latest fire that was sparked by batteries. And they say earlier this month, The fire commissioner announced that lithium-ion batteries have recently become a leading cause of fires and fire deaths in New York City. Mm. Wow. They say that the FDNY showed some lithium-ion batteries in apartment lobbies on streets, and in other public places, erupting quickly and fueling rapidly spreading blazes. And that's what happened um, in this particular case. They're saying make sure any device 
we have in our home, whether an e-bike or anything else that's powered, excuse me, by a lithium-ion battery is safe and uh, stored properly. Mm, And I just got finished going over that. Also disposed of properly. Mm, Boy. (sighs) Well, kind of looking over this um, this article. They're saying that heat and explosions from these rechargeable lithium bat lithium ion excuse me lithium ion batteries can cause intense, fast spreading fires that are difficult to extinguish with water. Mm. Wow. And they say even traditional fire extinguishers that people have in their homes do not work against lithium-ion battery fires. Oh, boy. They say many electric bikes and scooters that are sold here in the United States have the lithium-ion batteries, and they have not been approved by consumer safety labs. Mm. Wow. And most people don't even know um, how unsafe these are. They say even some of our children's toys could be very dangerous. And many people have died from these fires. They say last year, 17 people in New York alone died from lithium-ion battery fires, and that was up from 2022, which was only six deaths, and up from 2021, which was only four deaths. So please make sure you store these batteries properly. And like I said, when I saw, you know, this information, I was like, okay, you know what, it still was like Chinese to me. So I made sure to do the research. So if you missed any of that information regarding storing your batteries, the breakdown of the three, there were three different types of batteries um, that includes batteries that you have in your garage, you know, for those who have, like, garages where they store, like, those, um, you know, um, machines. Make sure, you know, those are stored properly, just as important. Go back and listen. Just do not hesitate to go back and listen. Mm. Oh, somebody just sent in. You can Google it. They did. Well, Thank you so much, because that's what I did. All I did, I Googled it. I Googled lithium-ion batteries, and that's when I got all of the breakdown. So whether you want to go back and listen, whether you want to look it up for yourself, please do so and just start going through and making sure you take care of this storage and how you discard your batteries, okay? All righty. 
well, what are we talking about today? We got a couple of goodies. We got a couple of goodies. Well, one of the things, and I don't mean good, bad stuff. I just mean just like interesting news. Well, I want to definitely talk about this one today because this also has to do with our health. There's an NYU doctor, and I had this one from Tuesday, but I just uh, missed it. I didn't read it. I read some other ones, but... I kind of held it over. I was going to give it um, a read yesterday, but decided to hold it over for today since we're talking about our health. NYU doctor who dies after she dined at a Disney restaurant where the waitstaff insisted that the food was allergen-free. So pretty much cutting to the chase she was having dinner with her husband at some raglan road irish pub out in disney one of the disney parks and resorts and she specifically asked about the allergens in the food that she was going to eat, they say she asked at nauseam, and they kept asking. So she ordered broccoli, corn fritters, okay, so broccoli and corn fritter, scallops, and onion rings. So they say after she ate dinner, they left the restaurant and they decided to do some shopping, And almost immediately, she felt sick, and she ended up having a hard time breathing and collapsing. They say the EpiPen, the EpiPen that she carries, they administered it to her immediately, but unfortunately, she still ended up dying. And they say one of the reasons why... She died, even though she had the EpiPen, was because they said she had an elevated level, elevated levels of dairy and nut in her system, and that's what she was allergic to. They say here, come on, that she has an allergy to nut and dairy, and... They're suing, well, the husband is suing now because he said that they continued to ask and they were reassured that the food she was ordering, and again, she ordered, let me get this, she ordered broccoli and corn fritter, scallops and onion rings. So I'm looking here, and I'm trying to figure out, well, what? Something must have been dipped in, like, milk or something like that. Um, I don't know about corn fritters. I don't know what's in corn fritters, if there's some nuts or anything like that. But I do know the scallops and onion rings, are if they're fried, they're probably dipped in some level of dairy and ultimately killing her. And, you know, 
these allergens, you have to ask. You have to ask. This is serious, especially if you have any allergy that the response is asphyxiation, and that's when your throat closes or your chest closes, and you can end up dying. Well, unfortunately, that's what happened to her. So, again, ask, ask, and ask, and sometimes I've had to completely just stay away from something. Completely, I'm like, okay, you know, just forget it, because... You know, sometimes they don't, they're not well-versed, and that's one of the things that the husband is suing for because he's saying that the staff did not give the proper information. And I want to tell you something. You'd be amazed at how many people work in these restaurants and can't tell you. Where did we go? Oh, we went to get ice cream the other day, and the guy had to pull out the booklet. So, you know what, even... Where were we? We were. I was in a, what do you call that, Buffalo Wild Wings. And they just brought me the whole, <laughs> they just brought me the whole booklet. And I looked, at, I, looked at it, I looked at it myself. So maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we just need to survey it ourselves because, you know, I don't know if these people went and looked in the booklet. But he says that they were completely assured by several of the wait staff that there were no allergens in the food that she um, ordered, and it was not allergen-free and ultimately cost her her life. <sighs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, what else are we talking about? Well, I want to talk about this one today because I definitely want to get with my due time crew about this one. And I know we talk about the migrants all the time, and we've probably talked about this and sometime at Northam, but I want to talk about this because the, let me make sure I got it right, I think he's the governor, let me make sure his picture, the governor in Aurora City, Colorado, has said no more migrants. They are not taking any more migrants. Oh, he's the mayor. I'm sorry. He's the mayor. He says no more um, migrants. He said their place, their city, they cash strat. They cannot support any more migrants. Don't ship them there (laughs) out to Denver. They said we just don't have the money. We just don't have the money. They say that altogether... They have been sent into their um, local cities in uh, Colorado. They say about 16,500 migrants, and they are not accepting anything more. Now, Denver is a sanctuary city, but... They're not taking any more, and definitely they say Denver City, because they have a Denver and a Denver City, they, I guess that's like our New York State and our New York City, yeah, well, they say that they're not a sanctuary city. So between Denver, 
that is a sanctuary city and the cities that are not a sanctuary city out in Denver, they're like, no more, we're not doing it. And recently, the Texas governor made an announcement that he was sending, and I read this a week or two ago, that he was that they had just gotten a whole host of migrants and they were shipping them off to Denver. And they were like, oh, no, you won't. You're not sending them here. We cannot handle it financially. It's already handicapped us, and we're not doing it. Mm-mm. He said, we're already stressed as it is, quote, unquote. So the reason why I wanted to talk about that one is because what's wrong with Mayor Adams? What's wrong with him? No, yesterday Vivian told us that he's going to talk about he going over to the migrant shelters and, and, and tell them how privileged they are, but you still have not closed the doors. Well, if Denver and Denver City and Aurora City can do it, why can't we? Why can't we? And we had 150,000, 180,000. Come on. You can definitely open up your mouth instead of complaining about the fact that, you know, you're not getting enough funds. They're not even asking for any more funds. Even Denver, who is a sanctuary city, it's like, no, we're not doing it anymore. Nope, 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 nope. So, oh, well, no more for them. I'm going to finish out this little bit of time giving you our news because I have a a story that I want to talk about, a news story that I want to talk about, and I want to see what the Duke Tom crew has to say about it. But until our little minutes are done, I do want to talk about some other little things that we can, you know, have under our um, under our belts as far as knowledge. Okay, so you have this other mm, other situation out in Maryland, and this is just really showing how all of this these pockets of negligence is costing us. Just uh, 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 countless, countless, countless things, including costing lives. So they say they have a Salvadorian illegal migrant who has been arrested for fatally shooting a two-year-old. Now, here's why this story is hitting the airwaves, because this Nilsen, who's 25, who's just been arrested, and he's been charged with first and second degree murder in this February 8th shooting of little Jeremy. Him and his mother was walking, they were walking, and they both were shot. Mom and baby were shot. Mom survived, and the baby, the two-year-old, did not survive. Now, they ended up in caught up in in the crossfire between two groups who was doing a drug exchange. Now, here's the bigger problem. They say, ICE says, that he's been arrested twice already, and each time he was arrested, they 
ICE requested that the city turn him over to them so that he can go through the deportation process. And they say back on March 21st, he was arrested by the Montgomery County Police Department and ICE issued an immigration detainer the following day. Now remember, he's an illegal. Well, they say that they let him go then. Then on September 26th, he was charged with theft of under $100 and obstructing and hindering some uh, something that they were trying to do. And they let him go from there as well. So when they asked how come they let him go from that one, they said because what he stole was only between a hundred and fifteen hundred dollars and they considered that low on the totem pole so they didn't hold him. And neither did they send him to be detained under the deportation process. So now they said had he been held and then sent to ICE, either one of those two times, the poor baby and the mama would not have been shot because he would have already been in the process. But listen to this. They say in 2023, ICE issued 198 detainers to that county. Not one was honored. Not one. They say so far in 2024, now, did we just get finished saying this is February 29th? 119. They have almost matched what they issued in 2023 in its entirety. 119 detainers have been issued since January 1st, and we only at the 29th of February, and none have been honored. Not one. Now, of course, they're all indignant now, and they're claiming that they do have some figures of processing of, you know, um, these criminals and shipping them over to ICE. They even said that they have one who was driving while intoxicated. They just got finished saying that in 2023, they had 198 to date for 2024. There's 119. And you're going to quote one that was driving while intoxicated. You know what it's going to end up like? It's going to end up like last week when we spoke about the uh, Alvin, what's his name, Alvin Bragg, and them not letting go in that other state because they let him go here in New York City. And he ends up, that same criminal ends up out in, I think it was Las Vegas, I could be wrong, but ended up out there killing 
two women, and somehow or another, he's from Florida, where they have him for a couple of bodies out there. They seem to forget these people migrate into other areas, and now they become a threat to other cities and states. You have to do your job to protect this nation, to protect this world. You are not just bound to protect your local counties and cities. You have a responsibility for lives. Now, they are holding a 15 and a 16 and a 33-year-old along with a 28-year-old as well for this melee. And they're saying that this particular guy, they don't believe his gun was the was the one that was fired to kill a little boy. But again, had he not been involved, could this have ended a different way? Mm. Oh, boy. I tell you. We are never run out of stuff to talk about here on this due time. All you got to do is pick up the news every day. All right, so we've got our top of the hour story. So we have Dr. Phil versus The View. And I'm going to love to talk about this for the next pretty much hour. So here we are. Dr. Phil was on he was invited to be on The View. Everybody knows The View. That's with Whoopi and all the other ladies. And he started talking and blaming The View as well as other talk shows and news outlets for the condition of our children now because he says back in 2020 and 2023, I'm sorry, 2020 and 2021, slowly into 2022, they suggested and they kept pushing the agenda because of COVID to put the children under quarantine. And according to him, he's saying that we caused children, for those of us who pushed for the quarantining, but especially um, the view, he literally said uh, the blame them, as well as, like I said, the other news outlets and other news, you know, venues, that they were the reason why our children are not where they should be today. He said that when they were shut down, they stopped the mandated reporters from being able to see children that were being abused and sexually molested and, in fact, sent them home and abandoned them to their abusers with no way to watch, and referrals dropped 50 to 60%. That, I want to make sure I quote him thoroughly, because I surely want to hear what the Due Time crew has to say. He's saying that 
when our children stopped living their lives, they started watching people live their lives on TV. And depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidality crept in. And that's the reason why all the children have now tanked in their mentality. They say, well, he says, that we've taken away the support system from the children. He says that, mm -mm -mm, I want to finish quoting him before I quote the ladies. He says, what's worse, he said, even with clarity of hindsight, they have been treated irreparably by America. Hmm, he says that, hmm, I worry daily about how they were going to survive the torture of isolation because I know firsthand how loneliness can lead you down an irrational, emotional path that makes you con contemplate ending it all. He said, the parents who pled for a return to normalcy and a balanced approach were smeared as grandma killers, motivated by selfishness, instead of eyewitnesses to the mental deterioration of America's next generation. Now, the ladies responded, and they said that, that we're lucky because the children were kept out of places that they could have been sick, because no one wanted to believe that America and the world really had an issue going on. And that was the reference to, remember, they were battling, you know, with this, they had a set that said, well, you know, it's not, COVID is not really what it is. And the others who said COVID is what it was and it's killing people. And one of the other ladies said, you know, ask Dr. Phil, are you saying that no children died from COVID? So, in other words, there were children who were exposed to COVID, and it cost them their lives. So, are you, what's your biggest concern here? Are you more concerned with the fact that more children could have died than some children enduring some of this loneliness and all of this stuff that, you know, they're experiencing. Ah, all right. So we have our lady Tamika who informed me short, a short while ago that she's not going to be on. So we have our Pastor KL, we have our girl Shantice, and our girl Vivian. 
with us this morning. So, Pastor KL, you're left with the millennials again. So let's see what the thought process is. So being that we have Vivian for a shorter amount of time, let's see what she has to say first about this uh, debate between Dr. Phil and the ladies of The View. Good morning, Vivian. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good, good. Now, before we go any further, I invite you to join the conversation. You know how to hit us up. If you even want to talk, 516-387-1358. Again, you can call 516-387-1358. If not, again, just hit us up with your comments and your thoughts, and we will gladly read them. So, Vivian. Dr. Phil says that during this COVID isolation that you had the highest levels of depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidal thoughts, and he could understand how loneliness can set you into a spiral of these particular mental areas. Let's hold it there because I want to kind of break this down. So would you agree? What do you have to say about the fact that these children, a mass majority, that's what he, this is his argument, that the mass majority of the children went through this depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidal thoughts that they, um, are at this point because of the isolation during COVID. What's your what's your feeling? I would agree. I would agree. Um, back when COVID started, you know, that's when the show pretty much started, and I was um, given the socially conscious news and doing my research for the segment. I came across a lot of those statistics and things like that, and we covered a lot of how depression went up and suicide rates went up and things like that. So it's definitely proof that that is accurate in a way. Um, I wouldn't blame, you know, any talk shows or anybody who pushed um, for for things to be shut down because that needed to be done. Um, I would would say that, you know, it it was the parents and the guardians who relied too heavily on schools and the fact that kids are in school majority of the time to now where they had the responsibility of now, you know, teaching and raising their children um, more that they didn't, they didn't take that, that responsibility seriously. And they just took them in front of, in front of, you know, tablets and phones where again, we have proof that social media and, you know, all these things that these kids are into also increase depression and suicidal thoughts. So it's just, it it all went hand in hand, and it caused this catastrophic, all these catastrophic numbers to occur because of the isolation and things. And when you're you're in a house full of people, especially family, and you still feel lonely and depressed, that's a big problem. And nobody was really... Well, I can't say nobody because I did also hear that, you know, church numbers went up, but majority of the people were not turning to the right thing. Okay, okay. 
All right, thank you. Went a little further than I wanted to, but uh, I'm going to let everybody else kind of go, and I'll find something else, to, one of the other things I wanted to move into. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us this morning. Well, we're going to keep the millennial side going before we bring on Pastor KL. Uh, Shantice, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. All right, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Um, all right, thanks. All right, so we're talking about the accusation. Um, I'll extend this now, my presentation. The accusation of depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidal thoughts uh, because they were the children were isolated. That shows like the view should be blamed because they're the ones that pushed the agenda of isolation or quarantining um, opposed to just letting the children out um, and about. And what do you feel about the numbers? Do you think that that the majority of children experience this? And if the view and other news venues are to blame for the condition that the children are in. Well, you're blaming them for suggesting that the kids be isolated from outside kids so that they would not get sick or get anyone else sick. So then what did you suggest? That they now do what, roam the streets? Because from what I can remember, everyone was under the order of isolation. So unless you were at home with your family, you had no business being out, whether you were a child or an adult. So now you're blaming a TV program, whatever TV program, because they were giving advice to protect yourself. That's what I'm hearing. I blame you for telling the kids to stay away from other people so that they wouldn't get sick or help someone else get sick because there had been so many instances of suicide and depression. And because I know what it is to want to kill myself, I think it was very unfair so you could tell the kids to protect themselves. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, okay, okay. What do you think about the the fact that the numbers they say the mass majority of children are in were in this depression, anxiety, loneliness, uh, as well as the suicide uh, mentality during this time? Do you believe that it was the mass majority of children? I believe that it it was. I believe that there were a lot more kids who were miserable because they, you know, couldn't go outside or, you know, of course you're not going to school, so you're not around your friends. But what can you really blame, as it was just said, can you really blame someone on TV suggesting that you keep yourself safe for that? Or do you now blame the people who are governing them who have never equipped them to have any concept, whether it was COVID or not, but to have any concept on being in the house or doing something different. 
or not jumping up and, you know, being around people. I, I, I believe okay. that, that they were. Okay, so you believe the numbers, okay. All right. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Let's see what Pastor KL has to say. Thank you so much for joining us. Pastor KL, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thanks. How are you? All right. Well, first I want to say, because I'm so old, you got to pick me first because I forget the question. <laughs> you can't, you know, have these children go before me. But I forget what y'all talking about now. <laughs> All right, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. You know, we're talking this morning about the debate between Dr. Phil and The View. He was on The View. And he blamed shows like The View because they were the ones who pushed for isolation during the COVID period, and he felt that this isolation brought on anxiety, depression, loneliness, suicidal thoughts to our young people or for our young people. And if it weren't for them, this would not be the case. And that the mass majority of the young people are at, we're at this point. We're at the point of anxiety, loneliness, depression, and suicide. Do you believe the numbers were as high as they say? And do you agree that, you know, they were the ones you can blame for pushing this isolation and causing our children to be in this mental condition? Okay, well, First question, yeah, I, I believe the numbers were high. Um, however, I don't believe that, that any TV show, any talk show can be the blame. I mean, people people die following TikTok stuff, and then they want to blame TikTok. I, I don't believe that, that they can be blamed for that. Now, however, I, I do agree with both sides. You know what I mean? Um, I think for the, for the parent side or, or that side, we just wanted our children to stay alive. We, we see people die at droves. You know, we didn't understand this, this disease. And at that point, we, we didn't care about, you know, the children being social. We just wanted them to be alive, you know. But then on the other side, I can see where the children who didn't understand why I got to stay home, why I got to put a mask on, why I got to do all this stuff. You know, I, I can understand, you know, now they're in their corner, they're in their house. You know, they can't go outside. They can't see a bird. You know, so I, I understand both sides of it. You know, one side, again, with the parents, you know, we, we, listen, you going to stay home because I don't know what's going on out here. Every day I look, look at the news, there's, it's not one person dying. There's thousands of people dying daily. So at that point, the parents don't care about your, your, your socializing or your friendships. I just need my daughter and my son to be alive tomorrow. Alrighty, alrighty. Well, okay. So you have the statistics. He's quoting in 2021, 37% of high school students reported they experienced poor mental health during the pandemic, and 44% said they persistently felt sad or hopeless during the past year. 
they're saying, he's saying that isolation is not the way to go because they use isolation in prison because humans are social creatures and separating them from one another for an extended period of time is the punishment because they know that that would do something mental to them. But unfortunately, it leads to faster death. He says that America's lockdown propagandists and politicians <laughs> and water-carrying citizens <laughs> uh, are, the, are to blame for our children's house arrest. So my question becomes, all right, so you have this 2021 statistics where the high schoolers said that this is what they felt, and now you've got them uh, with a statistic of the sad and hopelessness during the past year. So what his point was, was it started during the pandemic, and even, that was 2020, and even in 2023, these Young people and children are still in a mental uh, deficiency, and it's to blame, and, and this whole 2020 was to blame. How can the parents or what could be done or what should have been done since the lockdown? Because we haven't been really locked down since, let's say, the tail end of 22. You know, they really started, you know, opening up the doors and things like that. But how could you have stopped or now give the children an upswing to now getting back on board, Vivian? Uh, I would say during the pandemic, um, people should have taken more time with the kids. And even though they couldn't go out, you know, when it was like truly, truly locked down, there should have been measures taken to get closer to your children. Like, um, you know, for the, for us, we started doing movie night at home. We started doing things via Zoom with the church, you know, having, like, little games, game um, nights and things like that via Zoom. Like, we, we tried different things to still stay connected, even though we couldn't be physically together. And I don't know if a lot of people did that. And then taking that opportunity to get your children some help paying attention to your children to notice that something is going on with them and they're acting a little differently. Maybe you couldn't pinpoint that it was depression or what, you know, you couldn't um, diagnose them, but paying attention enough to see that things were changing with them and getting them some help because there was still help out there and it was more accessible since everyone was on lockdown that, you know, you could have gotten gotten them some therapy on Zoom or, you know, something like that. Things could have been done so that now when the lockdown is done and now there's this big swing from being isolated to now being back in the swing of things, it could have been handled with care. And I don't know if that was done. Um, kind of just throwing them back into things and now they're having to get used to going to school and wearing a mask or, 
you know, seeing seeing the way that things were when they went back and expecting things to go back to normal before the pandemic, and it wasn't the type of normal that they were looking for. I could understand why it would cause some type of um, mental anxiety and things like that with the kids. Uh, just taking proper measures to make sure that, you know, you're getting them some type of help. I think that would have helped them. Okay. Okay. Uh, Pastor KL, we're going to go to you first, um, the second, rather, so that you can maintain, you know, the remembrance of the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you're talking about 23 into 24. When lockdown officially had ended in 22, as a matter of fact, it was early. It was early 22 that we were gathering. Now we may have had we may have had to gather with masks or opted to gather with masks, but we were gathering in early 22. I remember, you know, my mother's repast. We weren't short of a person, um, so people were back you know, into the swing of things. Um, some were masked up, some weren't. So how did we end up going from 2020, where all the children, they claim, were in this mental state, um, into now that the children can, now we're back into the swing of things, but yet they're still with some residual. And now, the past year, they still haven't gotten it together, and 37% um, said that it started in um, 2020, and 44% is saying over the past year they're still feeling a level of sadness and hopelessness. Well, a, a lot of things, too, is that, you know, we, as, as a people, we, we've lost some people. So, so even, even on, on natural death, you know what I mean, we, we still feel it. You know, two, three, five, seven, nine years later, you know, if, if you're a young child and you lost one of your friends, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still feeling it. You know, not, not only that, you know, the, the new, the, the new norm is a different norm than, than what we, what we know. You know, now, you know, we're coming back with masks, and now that's changing. It seems like everything. There's a new rule for everything. There, there, there's a new protection so to speak for everything and now everybody um is heightened about what can happen or what did happen or you know what i mean what's going to be next so our new norm is really not normal anymore because we're always at edge for what can be what, what can come next okay 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 shantice how are we still over the past year in a residual from being locked down when the world has opened up? Because people don't want to know Jesus. Because I'm, I'm trying to understand, not that, you know, like as Pastor K.O. just said, not that things aren't coming to mind and it's like, oh, wow, you know, so-and-so isn't here anymore. Or, you know, I remember when I didn't have to be concerned about this, whatever this is at all, but now some, there are some times I may still have to put a mask on. You know, there's some times I still may have to make sure I'm not too close to so-and-so or paying attention to someone else's hygiene, paying more attention to my hygiene, so on and so on and so on. 
But I'm really trying to understand how if God has allowed the world to open back up and, yes, there's still certain precautions that are new, so on and so forth, that we're in such a, 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 a space of despair as though we are still in complete lockdown. That's kind of concerning to me, that even with God saying, allowed you and your children to survive this because everyone has, even if you don't know the exact number, everyone has witnessed how there were a lot of deaths, how a lot of people lost people and they were not, we were blessed that when we lost our grandmother, we were able to have a funeral. How many people passed away during the peak of COVID and they weren't able to do anything, their bodies pretty much got taken wherever Families had no say, couldn't do nothing. So how is it that we're in that same level or worse now than we were then? And we're now going to blame that on someone on TV? That's concerning. Mm, mm, All right, all right, all right. More questions than answers. Okay, okay. All right, so... I'm looking that was at good. This, that was good. Oh, very good. Very good. That's why I was like, more questions than answers, because now you're shining a light on some other issues and what's to really blame, what's, what's the real cause? And, and that was where I was going. You know, what's the real cause? Vivian, you've got, what, all the 60 seconds. You know, what, what, are, you, what are you saying? You know, what, well, here we are in 2024. What's the real cause of our children's problems now? I would say neglect. Neglect in the sense that they weren't paid attention to when it was, you know, when it was all happening. And you can't expect that. If the depression started, if the anxiety started during um, during COVID, during the pandemic, and nothing was done to help remedy that, that, oh, now that the world is opened up, it's, all of that is just going to go away. That's not how things work. If you don't handle it when it starts, it's only going to get worse. Neglect in the sense that they weren't chasing after the right things. You know, like like it was said, now that things are open up, opened up and you have the option of going in person to church, you have the option of going in person to, you know, therapy, are we doing that? No. Like, just to neglect altogether, not in one area, but in all areas. I, if I had to say, that would be my answer to why, what's the real cause. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for your contribution in today, into today's conversation. Excuse me. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let me get this microphone. All right, Pastor KL, you know, what wh- what do we do? You know, where, where, what is to blame for today's mental condition, emotional condition of our children? Well, I think, I think one of the biggest things, or one of the biggest people to blame is the parents. So, so, before all this, the parents had a routine. They just send their child to school and let, let, let the teachers parent their child. 
So they didn't, they didn't recognize no deficiencies. They didn't recognize no issues. It was the same going back and forth. And there was nothing that, that I could figure out, even from the norm. Now that it's not norm, I didn't know what to do when, when I thought she was normal. I definitely don't know what to do when, when, when she, she's not normal. So I, I think the parents doesn't take enough time, you know, as it was said before, to, to watch their children, to see the difference in their children. They don't see that. They, they just see Susie coming in and out. Didn't I tell you to be here at 9 o'clock? Okay, you're here at 9 o'clock. Go to bed. You know, and, and there's really no conversation. There's no, how was your day? You know, what did you learn today? Back, back in my days, my, my, my parents used to ask me, what did you learn today? And we had to actually tell them what we learned today. You know, what, what we did in school today. We don't do that anymore. You know, the, the, the parent says, do you have homework? The child says, no. Okay, well, go clean your room. You know, there, there, there's no dialogue. There's no conversation. So if there's no dialogue and conversation, I can't notice that there's a difference in my child because all I see is the back of your head. Mm. Wow. All right, all right. The back of your head. Dante's. What's ultimately to blame, in your opinion, for our children still being depressed four years later? The parents. No one is, everyone is trying. It's almost like the parents are acting like her grandma, mama, grandma got to have a life too. There isn't, because I'm still (laughs) trying to figure out who's the homework checker. There is no way, when I hear kids in elementary school talk about, oh, I have a low grade because I'm missing homework, how? How? No one checks the homework, so now you're, you have promotion and doubt? Well, your parents need to have promotion and doubt because they need to be the one who is teaching you how to be responsible with making sure. How are you leaving that responsibility to your kids? And, you know, during this whole conversation, I'm just thinking how we had a little one in this house. She was just born in 2014, so she didn't know anything too much prior to COVID. Now here COVID hit, and I'll never forget forget that day we were in the living room, and I I happened to pick her up, and she looked out the window and said, look at the world. She was, what, six? Six. And we just started laughing, but yet... Because of the way we presented things and the way we moved in this house, that helped to dictate the way she looked at things and the way she moved. So we also have to make sure we're not pushing our issues onto these kids and not saying that the kids have the problem when it's really you that has the problem. Uh, All right. I got one question. And... And this is something that I'm really, that's really been going in my head. The difference in, or do you feel, Pastor KL, I'm going to come to you first. Do you feel that there's a difference in the children, had this been us, let me put it like that, had this been us years ago? Would we have been the same as they are now, in your opinion? Never. Never, never, never. Um, Because our our parents took the time, you know, to tell us what was going on. We didn't have to guess. You know, we we would not have been in in a panic. Though though my parents may have been very concerned, she wouldn't have made it a, a panic for us. 
you know, it, it would have been like, this is just what's happening. We got to get a measles shot. got to get a COVID shot. This is just what's happening. I mean, there's so many things of today that, that are, are out that I've never heard of in my days. I, I've never heard of um, ADHD in my days. I've never heard of autistic in my days. Maybe, maybe it, was, it was lumped into special ed, but, but we never heard of these things. You know, we never heard that your child couldn't sit down because, because of the attention uh, deficit. We, we never heard of that. Your mama told you to sit down, you sat down. If you didn't, you got spanked down. So whatever disease you had, it was gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Shantice, you know, you're a millennial, but still, you know, from part of the old school, do you, let, let's say, had this been you a child, do you think that the children responded different today than you all would have back then? I wish I would have looked at my mother and said, I'm depressed. <laughs> Not that it would have been. Like, I'm just trying to envision me, nine-year-old me, talking about, I'm, you know, I'm moping around, and my mother's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm depressed. For what? Because, again, how you present these things, and I, a lot of adults really don't understand how they push their agenda and their feelings onto these kids. It would not have been like this if this happened back when I was younger. Because, like Pastor KL said, it would have been, this is what it is. You got a problem? <laughs> oh, what, what, what you mean you, you, don't, you don't like to stay in the house? Why, something wrong with you? You sure? Because I have you committed. Like, that, that, those are the type of conversations we would have had, and they would have been, they would have felt justified in asking those kind of questions, not to be sarcastic, but because they knew what they instilled in us. No one is instilling anything of substance now. So, of course, if you hear your child talking about, I'm depressed, oh, my goodness, my child's depressed, they need medication. Oh, my goodness, my child's depressed, they, they need therapy. Oh, my goodness, when it's, the problem is you most of the time. Why is your child depressed? Do you consider what you're probably not offering or what you are offering your child? So, no, that, that would have never been a case back then. You would have been depressed, though, right? It wouldn't have been because of no COVID. Listen, and to Shanti's point, I remember the days where I used to, when I couldn't get my way and I moped and I cried. And my mother would say, mm-hmm. you better stop crying before I give you something to cry for. That was the answer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, right. what's wrong with right. you? How you feeling? Did you get hurt? Shut up crying before I give you something to cry for. And guess what? Well, Whatever we were feeling, we felt better. We felt better at that point. <laughs> we, we felt better. We, we got delivered. We got healed all at the same time. We didn't know Jesus then, but we got delivered. <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, this has been a really interesting conversation. And when I saw the debate in the um, article, I was like, what? So I'm, I'm, we are going to say thank you to the Due Time crew 
for their contribution into today's conversation. Some really valid points made by Vivian Shantice and Pastor KL, and we thank you so much for your contribution today. You gave us a lot to think about, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, You're too. Welcome. Thank you. All righty. You know what time it is on a Thursday at this time. We're about to hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Whew. Our God, our help of ages past, our hope for years to come. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Oh, first saying thank you for you being the same God over the same world, but a progressive God over a changing world. And, and Lord, I know that may not make a whole lot of sense to people who might be listening, God, but see, I, I thank you. I personally thank you because you just move. You just move, and, 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 and I thank you for just allowing us, giving us an opportunity to catch the move. We don't have to stay seated, plastered, glued. You give us the opportunity every day. Every day you wake us up, you give us the opportunity to change. You give us every day another opportunity to see it differently. You give us another opportunity every day to shift according to what you are doing, what you have said, the way that you have laid before us. And, and, and we're saying thank you today. Thank you that you're not a one-note Charlie God. Thank you that not only do you do what you do, but you equip us to be right there with you. Thank you. And, Lord, today we, 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 we don't have a pray for them like we normally do, but we got to pray for them. And, Lord, we're lifting everyone up before you who is still stuck and what happened back in 2020-2021. Here we are in 2024, and they still have residuals, a residual effect from 2020 and 21. That's not good. See, we can still be affected. But see, if we have our life hidden in you, it doesn't affect us the same way. And we have to say thank you because you are just that given God that you gave us the opportunity. You've always been available to us. And even during that quarantine period, you became more available to us because you shut us down and away from everything. We had no other recourse but to look at you more because we couldn't go out. We couldn't be with. We couldn't get involved the same way. And even though, as, 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 as has been said, you know, we did find our way and make our way through the quarantine and we weren't depressed and, 
we weren't anxious and we weren't lonely, even though we had to be quarantined because our lives were hidden in you. And your strategy is always the best way. So you taught us how to navigate through a time when we were away from all the other people we normally would be around for work and school and extracurricular activities. And here we are today, still stuck, as though nothing has changed. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for giving us that opportunity. You didn't close our eyes during that time. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for revealing who you are. You didn't keep yourself hidden away from us. You didn't hold any secrets. You didn't keep any secrets. You didn't shield us from anything that wouldn't hurt us. And we thank you as single people, as parents, as aunts, uncles, grandparents, caregivers, to all the individuals who would have had a difficult time if we did not know you. And we thank you, God, for not being on that list. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, God. You remain an amazing God. Through it all, you remain an amazing God. And we give you the glory and the honor, God, so rightly do your name. Because we wouldn't know where we would be if it weren't for you. Thank you, Father, for being the lifter of our soul. Thank you, God, that we're on this this end of the conversation. That we 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 can't be in the conversation because we're still depressed and lonely and suicidal. That we can speak from an entirely different view. That even if there was some level of loneliness and depression and you know upset, that your freedom reversed it all. And ain't that how you do it? You said the truth shall set us free. And just revealing who you are and the plan that you have laid out for us, us understanding what it is has helped us to either remain free or become free. So we say thank you again. Thank you for being on this side of the fence. Lord, we lift your name on high, and we salute you today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hmm. You know, (laughs) I think about when we were growing up, and you would ask, can I go to so-and-so's house? We talk about this all the time. Can can I go outside or? But especially when you say, "Can I go to so and so's house?" Like, what you going to their house for? What do they have that you don't have? 
You could say, I remember, <laughs> I remember my mother used to say, you could sit up in your own house. <laughs> and I laughed because I could just hear her. Not just what was said, just the way it was. And it was delivered the same way every time. And here's why that's that's like... That that's like mystery, mis, like like it's there's a mystery here for me. We always talk about the fact that all we knew was outside. That's all we knew. We 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 went outside and we there was a joy in playing and riding your bikes and 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 riding your skates and playing and you got your knee scraped up and how many of us got bumps and bruises from when we used to. You know, go outside, and I remember being outside playing in my church shoes. I still got this bruise on my right uh, 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 leg from when I fell, and a piece of glass went in my skin, and, you know, I, I had to deal with it. I went, you know, my mother pulled the glass out, and I went back outside and kept on playing. And I think about how our children, now, now pay attention, pay attention. I think about how our children only stay in the house now. They don't know nothing about being outside. They don't know nothing about playing. They don't know nothing about fresh air. Remember, that was one of Michelle Obama's uh, uh, a push in her campaign because she was like, get your children active. Years ago, we were active. All your children do is sit in the house and play games. And they, it's gotten so great for them that where we used to have to go outside to interact, they can actually interact interact via the internet on their game so i can actually play with my cousin in florida or jersey but yet when we quarantine now you twisted i I, i'm lost now i don't know about the rest of y'all but i'm lost because i'm trying to figure out when you could go outside you wouldn't go outside you didn't insist that your children went outside and now all of a sudden because they're forced quote-unquote to be in the home now everybody's twisted you can't figure out what you're gonna do you can't figure out what you're gonna do with them they can't figure out what play the game like you always been playing talk to mary and john just like you've been talking to them because it's a mandate this shifts why you've been in the house we couldn't pay you to be outside and now all of a sudden now you all twisted because oh my gosh I, I can't be with my friends you weren't with your friends before so you were with your friends in school but if you think about it what did you do you got with them Right before you went into the school, right when, when, whenever you had lunch, if you, if it was during the climate where you could go outside and play, because from what I understand, for years, when you have lunch, the room, the lunch room is silent. They can't even talk to one another during lunch, so you ain't really with your friends. And if you got time that you have to be home after school, it ain't too much friends. In between school ending and you got to be at home. And, again, y'all ain't spending no time, no way, outside. You running home to be with the game. So I'm really confused as to how all of this dep- – now, maybe it makes sense to the rest of you. But I'm telling you, for me, it didn't make no sense to me. Because if I was a person who did not let my children spend a night out and I was a person that didn't let my kids go and sit up in somebody else's house – 
then why would my children be depressed and anxious and lonely? Mariah was the lone child in the home. We ain't talking about she had no sisters, brothers, and cousins to play with. But this was a child who, you know, and every child is different. So, you know, I'm not saying she's, you know, this this magnificent kid. But what I'm saying is, we made it where, as was said, we made it where we all interacted, whether we sat down and looked at a movie together or whether we sat down and played games together. And like Vivian said, what we would do is we would do the watch parties together. We'd look at movies, you know, after service. Everybody, you know, go get your snacks or whatever. We're going to sit and we're going to watch movies and everybody in their own space. And we had a ball. We could talk like we were in the movies and comment and laugh. And it was not this huge issue. So, again, I say thank you, God. That we're not in a we're not in a place where because we have to be on the inside, the world stops. I can't imagine. I, like I said, maybe it makes sense to y'all, and and, and 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 I'm not. There's no good, bad, right, wrong, Indian thing here. But for Stephanie, I, I'm real puzzled as to how y'all are all twisted. How my kids, like Shanti said, I wish you were to my. I'm lonely. You got two sisters. Y'all better figure out how to talk. Y'all better figure out how to watch a movie. And everybody had their own room. Always. Everybody always had their own room. But y'all better figure out how to merge somewhere and, and, and we're going to get this going. Or we'd sit down and we'd watch movies. Or we'll play some games together. It is the parents' fault, as has been said. It's how you raise your children are we are we in a world that we're not flexible enough that if right now today we suddenly had to go back into quarantine what would happen to your children i can't imagine we had 20 and 21 where we were quarantined and in 24 we still have children with the world opening up and things have gone back to normal a long time ago. Why are we still as though we were in quarantine? Why is there such a residual? And Shantice hit the nail on the head because nobody wants to know Jesus. There's freedom in knowing God. I always say to people who have children, if you don't want Jesus for yourself, want Jesus for your children. Because you can look around right now and see why your children need Jesus. Because they're dealing with a deteriorating world. Their peers are messed up mentally. Messed up mentally. I'm looking at the age group. They're saying high schoolers, 37% of high school students reported they experienced poor mental health during the pandemic. You at high school and you don't know what to do when you're in the house? That if you're in the house for a certain amount of time, 
you now you're losing it or you're getting depressed or, you know, you can't figure out how to function. Because parents weren't going to work either. The world pretty much was locked down. United States was locked down. We only had essential workers out there. So most parents worked from home and still are working from home. So your parents couldn't teach you anything. So those of us who have been introduced to the Lord, make sure you pick up the Lord for your kids. If you really love your children, understand that there needs to be a change in you so that they can survive. Understand that their survival depends on you, that their uh, 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 flexibility depends on you. Their reality is your reality. Shanti said it. It's, it's, you're pushing your agenda. You're pushing your anxieties. You're pushing your depression. You're pushing your suicidal thoughts. Just like Pastor KL said, back in the day, if we looked, if we even looked like we were depressed, our parents was checking us. They were checking us. It was, okay, so what's your problem? I remember my sister. <laughs> my sister used to ask my nephew if he looked like he was kind of out of it. She would say, uh, you got a problem? You got bills? <laughs> you got rent to pay? <laughs> because that was the reality. What in the world do you have to be depressed about? What are you anxious about? When the weight of the world is on my hands, it's not on your hands. You ain't trying to figure out how the rent going to get paid, how the bills going to get paid. We got lights. We got food. They increased the food into these homes. They, allow, they wouldn't allow your lights to go off. They wouldn't allow your gas to be turned off. People could not be evicted. Yo, during that period of time, it was free living. And I can't equip my kids during a time when we were all living carefree. Our biggest, our biggest issue was we couldn't hug. Now, I know people said, oh, I'm dying for a hug. You ain't dying for a hug that much. You ain't dying for a hug that much. I'm sorry. Don't even try to sell that. Christ is the answer. Really. Christ is the answer. And my, my, my words to you today is try Jesus, especially if you have children, because they really are going to need the Lord. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to accept Christ as your personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where it's Freestyle Friday and we get to do whatever it is we want to do.
Until then, I love you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.